0: I come to Jesus because I don't have it all together. He has it all together. He died on the cross because I fail in all these ways. And so we don't let our failings separate us from God but we actually by grace we allow our awareness of our failings our awareness of it to drive us into the arms of our savior because that's why we believe in him when i look at the nine characteristics of the fruit of the spirit i am so aware of my need for jesus i need jesus more today than i did on the day that i got saved
1: there are times in life when it's obvious that you're not perfect that you don't have it all together the truth is that we all mess up in big and small ways But how do you respond when you realize that? Today, Pastor Daniel invites you to look at a few qualities that show up in your life when you walk close to the Lord. He reminds you that no one lives these out all the time. You can keep turning back to the Lord, and He'll continue to work in you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Crazy Happy Living.
0: So here we are, the very last message in our crazy, happy series. But just because it's the last message in the series, I think as a church family, we've really just begun exploring together what it means to walk in the happiness that God has for us. We're acknowledging the fact that 2020, no matter what it looked like for you, everybody lost stuff in 2020. That that there was pain, there was issues that went on. We've lost loved ones, we've lost innocence, we've struggled, we've had all sorts of uh, cultural happenings between elections and uh, civil unrest, things are still continuing on to this day. And for us to be the people that God has created us to be, I believe that God wants to do a work inside of our hearts, and so I believe that what God wants is he wants to really cultivate this rest- restoration of our souls so that we can move into restoring our families and our church family and our community and our world. See, God wants to do a work in you before God can do a work through you. And you really, we really can't rush what God is desiring to do in each one of us. And so I'm really excited just to watch how God has been using this idea that God actually cares about our happiness You know, uh, and I'm always reminded of why happiness can be so fleeting. I said it many, many weeks ago now, but it's an important verse. It's Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, where God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah and he explains to them why happiness can be so hard to come by. Where Jeremiah, the Lord says to him, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewn for themselves cisterns broken cisterns which can hold no water. Now, in a lot of ways, that's why we struggle with happiness because instead of finding our happiness in the Lord, who he calls himself the fountain or the source of all that is life-giving, water. And you gotta remember, for, you know, for us, it's different. We live in the Pacific Northwest. We're used to water, You know what I mean? Like you have all different types of water. You have reverse iodized water. You have electrolyte water. You have water out of the tap, which is still cleaner than the water that most people ever get anywhere. But we have all these different types of water. But in the desert where they lived long before, you know, Avion or whatever, it's like water was hard to come by. And so God calling himself the source of living water, he's saying, I am what nourishes you, what gives you life, what is essential. But what we have a tendency to do in looking for happiness, we forsake the Lord, and instead we make for ourselves these little cisterns, these water containers. But then he says they're broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what's interesting is instead of the real thing, we look for the cheap substitute. And the problem with the cheap substitute is you can get a little water out of it, except it's leaky. And that's why the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, like, you go for this thing. If I get this job, I'm going to be happy. If I get, this in, get married, it's going to make me happy. If I have kids, it's going to make me happy. And don't get me wrong, all those things might make you momentarily happily, right? But then the problem is, is the kids are great until they're up all night. Can I get an amen from all the, the young families, right? They're like, oh, yeah. Well, I couldn't wait to have kids until I'm just like, man, I'm tired right now. And then Lynn's like, Daniel, you don't even know the half of what's going on right now. Right? And, and so, so these things are beautiful, but the thing is, is they ultimately don't give you what you're hoping for in true fulfillment, right? But it gives you a, just enough to make you think, oh man, I, just, I, I, got, I got what I was looking for there, but, you, but then you keep searching. And for many of us, we're always searching for the next thing, right? I call this the hamster wheel of happiness seeking. There's always the next thing. Once I get there, I'll be happy. And if you notice, our culture is actually driven by that once you get on the step that you want it to be on, then you always have to be pushing to the next step. And I think Jesus wants to bless us by removing us from that hamster wheel. and saying, I want you to be happy and fulfilled in me right now. And then you're free to enjoy these things, not as things that you're trying to get life out of, but now you're there because you're fulfilled in me. And now I'm gonna let you put life into these things. And that really frees us up because I'm here to tell you if you're looking to your spouse for happiness, you're never gonna find it there no matter how amazing they are. Because God didn't create your spouse to be your happiness creator. He created your spouse to be your companion. You're setting up for failure if your happiness is tied to their good mood or if they like the same movies you like or whatever the thing is. See, if you tie your happiness to your kids, then every bad grade, every lost job will be devastating. It's not what God wants. If you tie your happiness to your career, nothing worse than all you want is that promotion. You get the promotion, you get the pay bump, and you also get 10 times the stress. You know, it's like, oh, this is hard, right? And we're so used to this kind of journey that we're on. But I think that God wants us to step off that journey and say, Lord, I'm gonna abide in you, Jesus. I'm gonna let you, in who you are, bring me the deepest and greatest fulfillment And then I'm going to be free to enjoy my job and my singleness or my marriage or my, you know, my job, my kids, my grandkids, the neighbors, sports, all these different things. Because Jesus has to be the center. And really the crazy happy journey that we're all on is a, it's a journey of learning how to simply respond to Jesus. Now we've looked at the Beatitudes and we've looked at the first half of the fruit of the spirit in the book crazy happy i take the nine beatitudes i link them up to the nine fruit of the spirits and i really think that's the secret sauce of the crazy happy book when you put those things together and all of a sudden we get to explore these two famous passages but for this series that we're doing here if i if if I was just going to preach the book, then we didn't have to write the book, and you know how that all goes. So it's like, I want to give you other things to think about. And so we've been looking, first we looked at the Beatitudes, and now we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going we're gonna to do the remaining five characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit together today. So open your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be taking verses 22 and 23 together. So if you brought a Bible, I want you to uh, open that thing up. Paul's letter to the Galatians, Paul's Letters, it's his first shorter letter, So you know, you have the Gospels in the New Testament, then you have the Book of Acts, and you have Paul's letters, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, and then Galatians is one of his shorter letters. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, don't worry. You have a mobile device, pull that thing out. Galatians chapter, just type, put, type in your favorite browser window or Bible app, Galatians chapter five. Now, if you've been around Crossroads at all, because I have five characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, that means I have to do five points today. And normally... It takes me like forever to do three points. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, and you, people are starting to chuckle. They're looking at their watches like, oh no, here we go. But I, I'm gonna take these more briefly. And I know that I could take each one of these characteristics and I could do a 10-week sermon series on it and still not scratch the surface on the depth of the meaning. But we're just gonna kind of take some big ideas for us to be able to apply to our lives. So let me read it to you. Galatians 5, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such there is no law. Now, by way of just some quick preliminary thoughts, first, I made the point in our last message that as always, these this verse breaks up into an upward, inward, and outward framework where you have these three, there's nine fruit of the Spirit, nine characteristics, and they really break up into three triads. The first three is the upward. It's, it's about us primarily in our relationship with God. The second three focuses outward on us and our relationship and how we treat other people. And then the third triad is really inward, us and how we move through the world because of who Jesus is. So there's this upward, inward, and outward framework that we're always finding all through the scriptures because that's what real, real life is. Life happens in three directions. It's you and your relationship with God because of who God is. It's how you view yourself, your identity. And we all realize, and we talk about it here a lot, that our views about God and how we see ourselves then drives the way we treat other people. See, one of the issues we have in our society is everyone is, is completely... Uh, shocked by the way we treat one another, as we should be, because you see all the the horrible things that people do to each other today. But you have to realize that the, the ethics of how we treat each other is actually driven by what we view about God and how we see ourselves. And however you view God and however you see yourself, that gives you the liberty to treat people a certain ways. And so when the Lord, Yahweh, and Jesus is our upward, then it drives our inward, and our inward is through the lens of the cross, and then we move out into the world. So I think the only way to have ethics or ways that we treat people that are truly beautiful is to know Jesus and to really let Jesus form you. Now what we have right now is we also have people who are Christian, you realize that they're they're not really mature enough to be able to live in the world as salt and light. And we see that going on. And, And let's just be honest, through 2020, we all saw ourselves in that, didn't we? where you're like, I don't really like the way I'm responding right now. I don't really like the way I'm reacting to this right now. Hey, I got to grow here. This is not good. I'm not being patient. I'm not being all these different things. And so so for all of us, we're on a journey. And secondly, these nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, I want to put to you is a great grid through which you should look at how you treat people. You should memorize these nine and say, Is the way that I am responding, reacting, the way I am uh, talking to someone, the way I'm thinking about someone, does it line up with these nine characteristics or do I not? And if they don't, then you need to amend your ways. You need to repent. You turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. This is, because you know that you are in Christ and walking in the spirit when this is the qualities of your life. Does that make sense? So you want to you ask yourself those hard questions. And I always like to remind people, when you take the fruit of the spirit and you apply it to your life and how you actually treat people, you're going to see that you fall short. And that's a good thing because when you realize that you have fallen short, you first realize this is why I believe in Jesus in the first place. I come to Jesus because I don't have it all together. He has it all together. He died on the cross because I fail in all these ways. And so we don't let our failings separate us from God, but we actually, by grace, we allow our awareness of our failings, our awareness of it, to drive us into the arms of our Savior. Because that's why we believe in Him. When I look at the nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, I am so aware of my need for Jesus. I need Jesus more today than I did on the day that I got saved. I need Him. I need his spirit to do his transformational work and cultivate in the depths of who I am these characteristics. Because I find all these things that go on, I'm like, yeah, I'm not responding that way. That's not a fruit of the spirit. That's not a fruit of the spirit. Oh wait, I shouldn't be like that. And for many of us, we're so used to being this way that we don't let the Lord do that work of humbling us and driving us into the arms of our savior who knows that this is what we are, loves us still, and is, is committed to changing us. So as we jump on in here, we've already looked at love, joy, peace, and longsuffering. So notice next, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And to quote my amazing beloved bride Lynn, she always says, Daniel, I'm gonna tell you all Crossroads, kindness matters. Kindness matters. It, it's so simple. Kindness matters matters. Why? Because kindness is a quality that should pervade and penetrate the entirety of our nature. And really what kindness is, it's a mellowing of all that is harsh or potentially austere in who we are. So the opposite of gentleness is harshness. And so really, as we trust in Jesus and as we abide in Jesus, Jesus wants to kind of sand off those sharp edges of our characters and our nature. And what you realize is that kindness matters because you actually never really know what someone's going through. But what we do know is that everyone's going through something and it actually doesn't cost you anything to choose kindness. So like we live in a day and age where kindness is in short supply but it shouldn't be in short supply in the kingdom of God because when we abide in Jesus and when Jesus is our nourishment, then kindness should come more naturally to us each and every day. I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter four, verse 23, or 432, excuse me, it says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Isn't it a beautiful verse? Like you want to know how to treat people at your job? You want to know how to treat people at school? You want to know how you should treat people when you're commenting on an article or you see their Facebook post or whatever? You should say, hey, be kind to one another. And not only be kind, be tender-hearted to them. See, the reason we're unkind is because we're hard-hearted. People frustrate us, right? But really that kindness is a, t- a heartedness. And then it says, and forgive one another. And then he grounds this idea of, Kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness in even as God in Christ forgave you. So you see how Paul brings us right back again to why do we do this? Because this is what God did for us. God in Christ forgave us. God in Christ was kind to us. Not that we deserved it, but because God is kind at the essence of who he is and God is still tenderhearted to us even as we've been his enemies. And this is why I love following Jesus so much because our culture says, listen, if you do me wrong, I'll do you even more wrong. We have that kind of, that tit for tat kind of a mentality, that escalating kind of a way that that we move through the world. But Jesus says, no, 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 listen. I want you to be, Tenderhearted to one another. I want you to be kind to people. And I love it. Some friends of ours gave Lynn a shirt for Christmas that says kindness matters. And I love it because like I'm from New Jersey. So like kindness was not in my socialization. No, no. Not that it wasn't in my socialization. It's just like, you know, people are, when you think of people from New York, you think everyone's like, you know, they're mean, right? That's what people say. They're not mean. They're just exceedingly truthful. (laughs) Right? But what I realize is that that brutal truth is still unkind. Right? The Bible says we should speak the truth in love. So I remember when I came to know Jesus, I was really good at being really mean to people, but I didn't realize it. I was just like, you know, this is what it is. You know, just like kind of, and and then someone was like, no, Dan, you're being mean. I'm not mean. And then I get married, and my wife, Lynn, I love Lynn so much. She's the nicest, kindest person I've ever met. She's like, Daniel, that was so mean. I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know? But but what I realized is that's so like, I'm always hearing, Daniel, kindness matters. You know, and, and how different would the testimony of the people of God be as if we actually spoke the truth in love with kindness? We weren't so busy trying to tell you because I believe in Jesus, this is the way that it, and, and, and we just kind of chilled out a little bit, trusting the Lord, being patient with people and saying, you know what? I'm gonna choose to be tenderhearted to you, even though I don't agree. It would change the world because Kindness matters. And so, it's quite simple. When you go to say something, ask yourself, is what I'm going to say kind right now? Is there any harshness in it? And if there is harshness in it, don't say it. You get to choose what you're going to say. When you go to respond, say kindness matters. And I just want t- to just drive this home one more quick second. It's easiest to be kind to the people we know the least. <laughs> Isn't it true? It's like when you just meet someone for the first time, you're like, "Oh, hi! It's so good to meet you." Oh yeah, hi, yes, yeah, so nice. But it's hardest to be kind to the people who you know the most, because there's all these cycles of ways that we interact with one another. It's well worn, and here's what I want to encourage you, my dear brother and sister. Listen, be kind to the people you know the most. Start today to be extra kind to the people who. It's so easy to be unkind to. And don't forget, all this is grounded is, listen, God knows you better than you know yourself. God, as the perfect father who's never sinned, has chosen to be in a relationship with ogres like you and me, (laughs) you know? And it's like, and he's kind to us. And so like, we wanna just take, receive that kindness, from the Lord and then we want to now pass it along so man how amazing would it be within families you kids with your parents I know your parents don't get it right now that's what you think and in some ways you're right one of the things I realized when I was younger I didn't think my parents got it and there were certain things I got and there's certain things I didn't get but you know what as a parent my kids are like there's certain things dad doesn't get right now so either way there's certainly they're doing right but you can still be kind either way and I'll be honest with you, it's a lot easier to have healthy discussions about the things that aren't right when, there's, when it's shrouded in kindness, isn't it? You say, listen, I love you. You're my mom, you're my child. Hey, listen, but can we just talk about this? And I just, I just wanna understand, and can we work through this? And how, how do we find common ground here? When you do that is instead of just being upset with one another and harsh with one another. So kindness matters. It really does. Now, someone is bound to say, but Pastor Daniel... Should I be kind to them if they're not kind to me? And the answer, my friend, is absolutely. Why? Because Jesus doesn't say, he says that we should return good for evil. That the believer should respond to cursings with blessings. See, again, it's so countercultural. Because really what the Bible is teaching us is because of who Jesus is, right, we get to cut off all of these cycles. Because now we don't need that person's kindness to choose kindness. We've already received it from the Lord, and so we just give it. We don't need them to, we we go first because Jesus went first, right? Jesus didn't need us to come to him. Jesus came from heaven's glory to earth on a rescue mission. So Jesus initiates, he is proactive and preemptive and as his followers, we are also proactive and preemptive in kindness. And everybody in your world deserves Jesus's kindness as flowing through your life. And when we abide in Jesus, kindness happens because of who Jesus is. Now, from there, and I can go on and on and on, you know I can. The next characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit, I love it, goodness. I like that. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Now, I would say it this way. Goodness leads to repentance. Goodness leads to repentance. Now, when when you think about the idea of goodness, goodness is kindness, kindness but it's really kindness in action. It's talking about our words and our deeds. It, it's, it's us now taking all that is good and living it outward. A lot of people would say that the word goodness is also very closely linked in the words, uh, you know, uh, meaning with the idea of generosity. Now we always think of generosity as financial or material generosity, but it speaks of a, a generosity of spirits, a generosity of personality. So if you think about it, the upward ones are love, joy, and peace, and and, and then the inner person, the outward characteristics are now patience, kindness, and goodness. So really what it is is God wants us, as we abide in Jesus, to say, my job in all of this is to be a force for good in people's lives. I want to be somebody who is generous with my time, generous with my attention. And I say that goodness leads to repentance because actually I'm just quoting Romans chapter two, verse four. And, and it's one of my very favorite verses where it says this, the apostle Paul, Romans two, four, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to what? Repentance. Now you, you see what he's saying here. He, Really, in Romans 2, Paul is having like a faux argument with someone who's arguing with him about his theology. And he's saying that, listen, when you're judging other people, really what you're doing is you're despising the riches of God's goodness and God's long-suffering and God's ability to bear with people. And he says, you know, and then he says, didn't you forget that it's God's goodness that leads you into repentance? Jesus
1: is... As you've learned through this series, God wants you to have a crazy happy life, but it doesn't always come in the ways you expect. Today, Pastor Daniel explored a few characteristics that flow out of you when you're living connected to God. He encouraged you to dig deep in the Lord so your life can overflow with goodness, which is kindness in action. Then you could be a force for good in the lives of the people around you.
0: Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page,
1: JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about what a goodness-driven life looks like. You'll learn that it means that you blow past politics and opinion and seek out what God says about the situation. He'll remind you that God's goodness leads people to recognize their brokenness and need and then turn to Jesus to be rescued. This is just one more way God leverages the things in your life to bring you happiness and peace. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Crazy Happy. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.